0: everybody welcome to this month's edition of the female film critics panel and this is the show where I like to bring on my fellow content creators and my fellow female content creators and we talk about our experiences and it's so much fun and I love doing it and today I have a very special group with me because they are two of the podcasters that inspired me to get into podcasting these guests were two of the women that inspired me to get into podcasting so I'm so excited to have them here and we'd like to welcome Chelsea Robson is here Hey. Yes, and Morgan Stradling is here. Hello, hello. Yes, thank you both so much for coming on and uh, sharing your experiences. And I'd like to give you both a chance to introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little bit how you got into podcasting. And why don't you start, Chelsea?
1: Oh, sure. My name is Chelsea Robson. I, I am a singer and a songwriter and I am also a music enthusiast, I guess you would say. And I have been friends with Morgan since we were in about fourth grade. And we talk a lot about stuff and we decided that we wanted to record it and like put it on this interweb thing about 10 years ago. And that's how I got into podcasting. (laughs) So, yeah. What about you, Morgan?
2: Yeah. I'm Morgan Stradling. Uh, when Chelsea says we talked about stuff specifically, we talked about Disney movies. That was predominantly (laughs) kind of the category that we like to talk about. And yeah. So one day we decided, Hey, you know what? There's not a lot of podcasts, if any, that are talking about animation. There were a few Disney podcasts and there were maybe a few animation podcasts, but they're more on the industry side. And so we said, Hey, you know what? We want to do this from a fan perspective. So let's go ahead and do a podcast. And so we just, you know, hooked up a microphone. Well, actually, no, we did not hook up a microphone. Our very first episode <laughs> was just what I think a lot of people do is the microphone on your computer. You think it's good enough. You learn very quickly. It's not good enough. And then you just learn and go from there. So we have a podcast called the Animation Addicts Podcast, where we talk about all things Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. Yeah. So when did you start it about? So we started February, 2020, no 2012. Wow. We just celebrated our 10 year anniversary. 10 years. Yeah. So were you
0: always a big animation fan or more sort of Disney fan or was always pretty passionate about, uh, about animation?
2: I'd say being a nineties kid, uh, at the height of the VHS era, definitely was a Disney fan grew up always watching and rewatching all the Disney movies that I could, and some other animated ones here and there. Um, Obviously, you know, Disney is not the only thing, and that's why our podcast is called the Animation Addicts Podcast. But I feel specifically, you know, things get out of vogue as people, you know, hit puberty and enter high school, and certain things that used to be cool, they really like to distance themselves. Like, that's kid stuff. And I never felt that way about animation. I just felt that the stories and the medium which animation provides is – is so timeless and uh, really unfair that it's classified as kid stuff, and so I just never grew out of it and continue to love animated movies to this day. Yeah,
1: same yeah, that, yeah, that's the same. I just remember there. It, it was funny when we just dis- were deciding what exactly to make our podcast about. It's like there were so many other movies that we're just like, I don't want to just do the Disney films because, like then I wouldn't be able to talk about all of these movies that I really love too so we we both decided okay we have to zoom out in order to encompass all the things that we love I mean well we end up focusing mostly on Disney stuff just because it is the king but um has the biggest canon yes it has the biggest canon that mouse knows how to (laughs) roll a tight ship and it continues to create really great things and so we um Yeah, that was kind of, we end up doing mostly Disney stuff, but we always take the liberty to talk about all all things animation when it comes up as being like excellent. So how did you end up getting
0: getting, uh, Mason involved? How did that uh, end up happening?
2: Yeah, so we had, uh, for about five years the podcast, we had a co-host named Mason. And Mason was my friend who I had met a few years prior. And we just decided, Hey, you know, I want to do this podcast, but I definitely want a male voice on it. And so Mason is one of the funniest people that I know has just such a memory for quotes and for a very, very much talented at, you know, doing voices and just really, really, um, sharp and, and quick on his feet and has great analysis and points. And so I said, you know, we definitely have to bring Mason on board. And so that's how, uh, Mason was a part of the show for the first five years.
0: Well, it was nice to, to have the perspective of somebody interested in animation as, as his career.
2: Mm -hmm. Yes. That's something that was different with him Mm -hmm. is he at the time was studying animation and then moved into, you know, working professionally and, and has gone to do different things in animation related area. And so, you know, yes, we were fans, but then we also had someone who was living it and, you know, trying to make a career in it. Chelsea, what would you say is your favorite part of doing the podcast?
1: For me, honestly, um, my favorite part about doing the podcast is hanging out with Morgan. Uh, that's just been the, the main reason why I got started in the beginning and why I continue to do it, but also, um, the people outside of that too. And like, it's, it's such a great way for me to expand in my own, like professional relationships. So I can contact really anybody in the animation industry and say, Hey, I want to talk to you. And I have this, I have this outlet <laughs> that allows me this, this excuse to get an hour of your time. Um, so that's, I think one of the biggest, like cool things, um, out of doing the, the podcast itself. And what about you, Morgan? What's your favorite part?
2: Yeah. Hanging out with Chelsea. You know, I just love getting to to do it. We don't get to hang out as much as anymore, even though we live pretty close, uh, always busy with kids and schedules and stuff like that. But I, I really like the opportunity just to deep dive into some of my favorite films. I'm such a buff for behind the scenes, directors, commentary, art books, anything that allows me to see how this was produced. Um, and so for the podcast that gives us an opportunity to dive into those and to research those even more in preparation for the podcast and to share that with the audience. Yeah, you all really
0: introduced me to the whole world of art books. I didn't even know that was a thing until I for a while you were doing the reviews on your channel. And I'm like, oh, those look really cool. Now I have like a ridiculous collection. Right. But they're really
2: fun. <laughs> they are the ultimate coffee table book. They yes. are beautiful. Nice. They're stunning. Mm-hmm. And people can't help but pick them up, you know, mm-hmm. as they're just hanging out, waiting for, you know, a party to get started or whatnot. It's hey, I know this movie. And they they start flipping through and they have no idea you know, where, how it got to its end, you know, a character went through 20 iterations until they found the perfect design and then the clothes on top of that. And just all the world building it's they're, they're fantastic. And Chelsea, you do all the editing for the podcast.
0: How did you, did you just kind of learn as you went? How, did you have,
1: have those skills going into it? How did how'd that happening? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, like I mentioned, I, I'm music is a big part of my background and I went to school for recording engineering. And so I was very familiar with things like pro tools and, and audio editing softwares, um, digital audio workstations or DAWs. And so I, that's how it started. Like for, for me doing it. I mean, at the beginning, we all kind of took turns because it, It also is very helpful for every, like to be able to edit an episode, you're able to know more about what you should say or shouldn't say in the next episodes. And it like particular ticks. (laughs) Yeah.
2: If (laughs) If you're saying, um, 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 all day long, it really becomes hyper, you become
1: hypersensitive to it when you edit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Cause it, and it helps. Uh, so in all, it does help to, to be able to do it, but yeah, I started doing most of it because of that. And with podcasting in general, it, it is a lot longer form. So there's not as much audio like tweaking or, or effects, but it is still like finding uh, finding different ways to keep your, to keep the time doing it uh, to a minimum does take some effort of like streamlining your process, yeah. so that did take um on the job training. You yeah. <laughs> know, I, I actually, <laughs> so we've done over now it's over um 242 episodes. I'll be posting the 42nd one later today, and um, yeah, so I've I, each one has been anywhere between 30 and 30 minutes and like the high longest one was like two hours or something. And I, I did all the math for it once. And I was, if you take all the time listening, editing, and posting, I have spent more than three months straight at my computer doing that (laughs) work. And so it's just like, it takes a long time. So the, the, the time to streamline that becomes very important after a while.
0: Yeah. People have no idea. They think, Oh, you're just sitting there talking. Like that's not that hard. No, there's the, of course, the editing process, but then things that people don't even think about like making the thumbnail graphics and then the promotional mm-hmm. and all of that stuff takes time.
2: Mm-hmm. It all adds up.
0: Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it really does. Since you've been doing the podcast for 10 years, how do you think that animation has changed since you first started? Uh, what do you think, Morgan?
2: Wow. So in 2012, there were burgeoning studios that were coming up. Obviously there was Disney Pixar, but then other studios, illumination entertainment started to get bigger Sony pictures, animation. So there was a lot of studios getting in the animation game. I think we saw that in the nineties and a bit in the two thousands, but, um, it just exploded in that middle part of the decade. And it just seems like there was an animated film coming out every other weekend. And it almost became too much, to be honest, especially as someone who covered it, um, because they weren't necessarily all high quality, even though, you know, we have great respect for everyone who was involved in all of those studios. Um, sometimes they, the, the final products just were not something that I was particularly interested in. Um, but again, I wasn't their target market and that's totally understandable, you know, animation isn't necessarily just for kids, but there is some animation that is just for kids. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's one thing that I've really noticed, but now moving to the past few years, the, just the popularization of streaming, um, has a whole different outlet for animation. And I think it's a a good and a bad thing because sometimes I feel like there's even more animation there than there was even five years ago, which is kind of unthinkable. Um, but because, but a lot of it is, or some of it is on streaming. Um, it just has a lot more places to live. Um, but for that reason, I do think that some really get forgotten because they kind of hang out on these streaming services. And sometimes I feel like the streaming services are always just promoting the next big thing, um, like any movie studio, but, uh, it's just some things feel like a flash in the pan and then you never hear about it again, even though you can watch it in forever on there. Um, so that's that's kind yeah. of just the change, just the rise of streaming. Yeah, I think that that's huge because
0: I I, I was I, I said this I've said this many times, but there were years in the '80s where there wasn't a single mainstream <laughs> animated film, not one. Yeah, can you right. imagine that? And or if there was one, it was maybe literally one or two. And and these days we're talking fifty mainstream. That we're getting with <laughs> streaming and everything, and not even including series and all this stuff. And I do think that that can be really positive, thing because there's a such a platform for for indie animation smaller animation for niche audiences for adult animation all that stuff you're getting to see real platforms for which wouldn't have had before but then also i do agree that they the the animated films aren't as memorable because partly by necessity because like something say in the 80s like Oliver and Company which is not that great of a film but it was the only one that we had and then so it was great and we enjoyed it and I you know you just think about how important The Little Mermaid was to me as a child it was the first movie I ever really fell in love with and and how I was able to kind of just be obsessed with it for a while and of course kids are still obsessed with with Frozen and with uh, even a Kanto and things like that but I just feel like two months later, the next big movie's coming. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's not the same kind of experience. It's just different.
2: Yeah. Technology has exploded and it's made animation that much more accessible mm-hmm. um, to smaller studios, big studios. And in the eighties, it was really not to say animators aren't talented. That's not what I'm saying at all, but the the tools of the computer has just made it so much more accessible to yeah. a bigger group of people where um, you you can have someone build them build the model and rig it. And then another person animates it where before that was done by like one person, you rigged your character, you designed your character and you animated Mm -hmm. the character. Right. And um, you had to be incredibly talented because if not, it looked, really bad. You know, we think of some of these eighties <laughs> TV shows or, you know, Saturday morning cartoons that it's just like, Oh, we watched this. it's is just so pathetic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, and now
2: you with technology kind of does some of that, you know, do in-betweens for you and it will do some of the heavy lifting. The like, obviously there's still really bad CGI animation out there. Ooh. Right. Uh, Ratatouille. I'm looking at you, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. it's just so much more. What don't I try to say? Just it's just so much better. I mean, even some of these small studios that are putting stuff out there, it's beautiful looking. It's very enjoyable to look at and to watch, even yeah. though I know that this was probably a smaller budget. Right. Chelsea, what do you think about that, about how animation has changed? So
1: a couple of years ago, um, after I had, we'd been doing the podcast for a couple of years, uh, I was asked to speak at a a forum similar to like a TED talk type thing, but for not for TED talks, it was just for a a local group. And um, I was, I decided to do it based on, um, there was this meme that went around that said, uh, on one side, it had a picture pointing to a a person pointing to like a whole bunch of different uh, studios and like they're like a, a movie and then the studio that they came from and then like this person could name each one of them and then the other side it just said a person that pointed to them all and just said Disney and so it's like there's two types of animation fans out there it's the one who knows all of the companies and then the one who just thinks it's all Disney right and what's What's funny about that meme today is like most of those, like a big chunk of those studios are now Disney. Um, <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, I, I, I'm i not sure how I feel about that. I mean, there's the one side of being able to, the streaming services, opening it up to so many different um, smaller studios, which is amazing. And, but then also these studios being... Eventually bought out. And it's like, is that the goal for them to get it bought out? And just like, I don't know. But um it's just interesting to see how that side of the industry has completely shifted. And I think there's always going to be a little bit of a balkanization but then also a little bit of a centralization of different types of films. And animation has definitely, I mean, I guess you could say all film a lot of movies based on um the gatekeeping they keep trying to close those gates again because i think like we were mentioning there's because of the technology being so readily available the barrier to entry sh- like drops so significantly and now it because like all these companies are trying to buy up all of that real estate again and it's just interesting to watch i guess um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not here to say it's good or bad in some ways. I think it's not so great, but in other ways I can see the benefits, Mm -hmm. um, for the consumer specifically uh, when I say that. Um, but at the same time, like I can just, as, as (laughs) the fact that I, I did that whole talk, like an hour or it was like, it was like 30 minutes. It was like a 30 minute talk on all of these different companies and like some of their history and some of their biggest films to now it's just all disney <laughs> and it kind of <laughs> makes me sad inside yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> like blue sky and uh of course 20th century and fox mm-hmm. and everything uh, i agree we kind of get that same thing in the hallmark world because people will see a movie and and if it's a christmas rom-com they think oh it's a hallmark movie but it might actually be for lifetime it might actually be for netflix it might actually but they're they're just all kind of uh, it seems kind of like the band-aid effect, you know, that all the bandages are considered band-aid, but they're not, you
1: know, <laughs> right. Chapstick. Yeah. Right. Uh, Chastic, yeah. <laughs> but um, if it's you name recognition over the, uh, f- for a yeah. product rather than product first, then here are the brands.
0: Yeah. You're the, the, uh, the solution, uh, dilution. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you were given the opportunity to, start a podcast in a genre or medium other than animation, what would you do? What would you pick? What's like your next favorite type of movie? What do you think, uh, Morgan?
2: Oh man. Okay. First thing that comes to mind, I guess would be Zelda, (laughs) like specifically only (laughs) let's talk about Zelda, (laughs) the Legend of Zelda video game series, which I'm not a super, I, hmm. I don't know, but that's another thing for another day is like the level of fandoms. Mm-hmm. There's just someone who thinks they're a fan, but like as, you're not a super duper fan. There's the right. super fan, there's the engaged fan, right? You could like do them all. And like, I'm not a super duper fan where I have like Zelda p- paraphernalia on my wall, but like I have all the Zelda books. I've played nearly all of the games. I listen to the soundtracks. I consider, I know the history, I know the studios and the creators. So I, it's okay, I say I'm, I'm a super fan. Um, And so, yeah, if I did a podcast that would give me even more street cred, (laughs) because I'm a big fan and they need to hurry up with breath of the wild too. There you go.
1: (laughs) What about you Chelsea? What would you do? That's, that's a really funny, um, it's like, so when people tend to tell, like for a long time, I didn't really tell that many people that we did this podcast mostly because as we mentioned before, people, my age generally don't, they don't get it. They don't like,
2: oh you're a weirdo. Cause now you do this podcast about animation. I'm the same way. It's just like, okay. Like I do not want to open that can of worms.
1: Right. If you, if you appreciate it, you will find us. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't see that as something I need to, uh, blast as far as like my, you know, general circle knows I do a podcast, but I don't expect them to listen to it at all. Um, and then every once in a while, when I say that I do that uh, generally, and people, sometimes like, oh, I like animation. And I just <laughs> kind of like assume it's in the way that I like dolphins. Like, I think they're cute. They're fun to watch. I mean, yeah, they're fun, um, but I'm not a marine biologist. And so to, to be able to like have a podcast about another genre. I don't know if I have any in-depth knowledge enough to do that other than, <laughs> I mean, I do, I, I do appreciate the, the rom-coms. And, um, if I'm going to watch other types of genres, I generally go for the rom-com side. So we've got that in common. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I. It's true
0: that there is definitely a difference between the, yeah, the hardcore fan and the, uh, uh, and just sort of the casual viewer, and you have to be kind of careful that, uh, you know, as a critic, that you are trying to be as objection as objective as possible when you're when mm-hmm. you're going to that you're not letting. Uh, especially especially when you've interviewed people like I have, that makes it tricky. Uh, mm-hmm. I usually try to interview them before I've seen the film because be <laughs> yeah, but uh, but uh, but yeah, you never want something like that to influence your review or your your uh, your podcast, I guess, that you're doing. but um, uh, so would you say that? for you a review is a review or do you think that it matters that having female critics reviewing or having a female perspective on the podcast you think's important what do you think morgan
2: yeah i mean just for in general um i'm never i'm not one to be like pro-female or like every you need to have 50 percent of the 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 critics be female because i just don't think that way, I guess, I think whoever's, you know, the best for the job will do it. And yeah. And that's like definitely talking about your, your later segment, unpopular opinion, but, um, female voices are important. Um, especially in, in this world, you know, on the podcast, I felt that it was important. There just aren't a lot of female podcasters. And, um, you know, that wasn't even my consideration when I started it, like, Hey, there aren't any girls that are doing podcasts. Like I should do a podcast. It was like, Nope, I want to do a podcast with my friend. And but it's actually funny. You say that I, we're talking about that. Cause I specifically, when we started needed a, a male perspective, wanted <laughs> Mason and sought that out. Right. Um, I don't know if necessarily that's like an active thing the other way around. I don't, you know, get upset about it or, or dwell on it. I just move on and live my life, you know, and just keep doing what I'm doing. But, um, there is something I to be added vo-
1: vocally, like as in, a, as a person listening, it's best to have Voices yes. that have yeah. a different timbre and different mm-hmm. levels. So it's, it creates a spatial recognition. Um, yeah. that is one problem between a podcast between Morgan and I, Is a lot of people say that we sound similar, right. uh, which I don't hear, but I don't hear because I, know each I, I hear other? myself. Right. <laughs> right. But if you're just a brand uh, new
2: person listening in, yeah, that can be a problem because you haven't listened enough to distinguish immediately. Oh, that's Morgan's voice. That's the way she talks her accent or whatever. And, and that's
1: Chelsea having, you know, somebody, I think we always, uh, we tend to, to move toward people that we feel similar to in general. And so one being able to, I think, I think it's less about, we need a female voice and it's more about people, females need to feel like they are, uh, need to have the, the confidence to actually just start mm-hmm. and. That's been one of the the main things that I've tried to push for is for just like, look at you and look at like, if you create the thing you want, and if you don't have that thing in your life, like that's kind of what Morgan and I did. We didn't have a podcast to listen to about animated films. And so we decided to create it and it wasn't about like the gender thing, but I think in that um, you're also going to be looking if I'm, if you're looking at, <laughs> excuse me, like the deaf, like if you, if see, if a guy comes up there and he's kind of a bro and he gives his, um, his review of a rom-com, am I going to take that seriously based on what I would like? Probably not. So I'm probably going to look for a female voice, uh, that is like me that is you know, somebody that has similar likes and dislikes, because then I will trust their voice more, but that's more because I trust them as an equal to me, not so much that it is, um, like a hierarchy.
0: Does that make yeah. sense? No, it totally does. And, and I can relate to that because I, I've just been so grateful to both of you because, I uh, being on your podcast, uh, getting to a couple times and I started first one I was on with secret life of pets. And I, it was just a really fun experience because, you know, Mason and I got to kind of talk out our different feelings on the minions and, and it just, inspired no, I was me. definitely,
1: yeah, I was definitely on that because I told my snake in the pantry story. Okay. <laughs> so I was definitely in the, on that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And it was so much fun and it
0: definitely inspired me to start, sharing my own opinion and being confident and something that maybe people might be interested in and they might like and uh and uh so i started uh because i had just been doing writing which you guys were also really helpful with that as well in uh, in not only in encouraged me on my writing but also Helping me to be able to cover festivals, and I uh, mean, just this month I'm going to be covering South by Southwest just because of Morgan and her help with that. And I'm just so grateful for all that you all have done for me. And I just want to say that.
2: <laughs> oh well, that that means a lot because it's funny we didn't go lot. into this thinking, "Hey, you know, we don't see any women, so let's do it." It was just like I don't know. We just. I am very much a go-getter and I'm like, you know what, let's do a podcast. Let's figure it out. Let's do it, whatever. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it it's had that effect is, uh, means a lot. And and you, Rachel are top notch. Just, you're such a go-getter. You're so motivated. You're doing so many things and you keep at it and keep at it and keep at it. And that like, even more so, like, I feel like I've kind of with, with the, the website and, and stuff, just different phases of life. I've really had to back away. Um, and I'm like, oh man, I wish I could be like Rachel. She's just going, going, going all the time. Imagine if I had right. her energy. Hear <laughs> that. I mean, in fact, the only reason that I got uh, approved for
0: Rotten Tomatoes was because of my writing for Rotoscopers. That's where they found me.
2: You know, what's crazy is they denied, <laughs> they denied me and all Chelsea after because you got, you got accepted. And so I was like, you know what? Yeah, I should do that too. Like I've had over 200 reviews on the site written mm-hmm. and, you know, podcasts yeah. and, and even on the the YouTube channel. And denied me and the reason they denied me is because it was like they were looking at my more recent work which wasn't as there wasn't as much stuff there oh yeah um so they weren't necessarily looking at the back catalog and giving that as much weight and i was like dang it but if anyone (laughs) can get at least rachel is there (laughs) (laughs) right
0: yeah i think it was particularly that whole uh marvel series that well the countdowns Mm -hmm, in general mm -hmm. that whole for those years when we did Mm -hmm. we did all those countdowns and I think that was particularly the reviews. And I, I am pretty proud of that whole series that we did. And um, we, I would love to keep doing it, but we've kind of done it all. Like we, we've covered DreamWorks. We've covered Disney. Right. We covered, uh, independent. We did a whole independent series that me and Kaja did. And I was really proud of that. And, uh, so, uh, you know, it's it's just been a great experience. Uh, well, we'd like to kind of end the, the podcast talking about our, both unpopular opinions and then something that we're proud of and for me it's actually literally today i had an unpopular opinion as a recording um, because i was not a big fan of the newest pixar film turning red and no spoilers of course but uh uh it has a very high score most people seem to really enjoy it but i just didn't think that the metaphor really held up very well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to be, I think about the anxiety of puberty and everything else, but like, there's this whole ritual and to that she can choose to accept it or not accept it. And it's like, that's not the way that puberty works. <laughs> you don't have a choice. Like it yeah. just happens. And uh, so I didn't, I don't know. I just didn't love it. I didn't love the humor. It just wasn't for me. And, uh, it's, it is challenging because it's actually the first Pixar movie that I will have gone outright negative on, which is yeah. hard. And I'm She'll
2: like, I still need to watch it. Um, <laughs> We have our screener. So we yeah, need to do it for the podcast next week. And most people Ooh, seem to so be enjoying it a lot I, just, more uh, than me. I have not seen it yet, but just from the try trailers and just the initial, I'm just like, I'm just not digging what this is all about. Yeah. So I was hoping. And so
0: maybe yeah. if I was, you know, a 13 year old girl, I would super vibe with it, maybe. But I'm not, mm-hmm. and so. Yeah you know it's tough and it is it, people have such and i i have such a soft spot for pixar literally i have not given a rotten review to any pixar even cars 2 i think is so bonkers and ridiculous that i get some joy out of it i gave it like a c plus and <laughs> i mean they have a they have a pope car i mean Catholicism <laughs> exists there's a jesus yeah. car like what
2: yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that just entertains me for some reason, but, um, but uh, I don't know. And so I was really struggling, but at the end of the day, you have to be real and you have to share your opinion. And that's what people are reading you for. If they're not reading you to hear what everyone else thinks, they care what mm-hmm. hopefully what I think, uh, but it, it can be tough. Uh, but what about you, Chelsea? What's your unpopular opinion?
1: Oh, that rockadoodle is my is one of the most underappreciated films of all time.
2: <laughs> no, I, I, seen it.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's it's the it's the one that most people make fun of me because I really like it, but it, I like it for multiple reasons. Um and a lot of it comes to the fact that like there's yodeling chicken. Like, how <laughs> do you not like that? But I mean, I think it all the my real one that I would say is is probably. Um, kind of what we've been talking about through this whole thing. Um, And I guess Morgan was planning on doing that as well. So uh, just as in the fact that like, I don't, there seems to be a real narrative of like, of deserving um, of like positions in the, especially in the entertainment industry. And I don't think that I deserve anything other than what I can do myself and the what other people are willing to trust me with. Um, and so I think like, there's a lot of people that are out there like picketing for jobs based solely on race, religion, gender, whatever. And I feel like um, it kind of goes back to a, a quote I heard recently from Tony Robbins that it's like, um, he says that, that you don't fail because of lack of res- resources, but you failed because of lack of resourcefulness. And I think that anytime we, we kind of blame something in our lives or some aspect of who we are, uh, for the reason that we failed uh, based on somebody else's opinion. Yeah, sure. That can play a part, but in the end, like it doesn't help. And I, I think that a lot of, um, that is probably one of my biggest, uh, like just unpopular opinions. (laughs) People don't like it when I say it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think that there's something to
0: the, something of value in looking at things from like what I would call a macro level of saying, Mm -hmm. we're looking at the overall larger picture of there are not Mm -hmm. enough opportunities. They're not enough. uh, We're not seeing enough uh, voices being represented. That I think is a valuable discussion. But then when it becomes on a micro level of like, we are going to you know, be really hard on this particular movie because it doesn't have enough representation, A, B, C, D, or this particular person or whatever. I think that that's when it's usually less helpful mm-hmm. um, because right. not every movie can be everything to everyone. And uh, so I think that having those larger discussions helpful, than more, you know,
2: more- Yeah, I think those discussions larger discussions
1: sometimes are aren't. good. Yeah. I think those larger discussions are really good for helping to, to look at a market and Mm -hmm. find a need so that you can therefore go ahead and fill it. And, um, but it's always based from what I hear, it seems like everybody's always looking at, well, they need to fill that list. It's like, well, why don't you like, why don't I, why don't I take the initiative and like stop complaining and Mm decide what winning means for me. Okay. If winning means filling that gap, yeah. then to go out and to to play the game to win.
0: Because part of the problem in Hollywood at least is that people get used to working with their friends, which is friends. natural. Mm-hmm. That's who you're going to want to work yeah. with. So you do so have to
1: kind
0: of Yeah, you do sometimes have to kind of push people to say, okay, look beyond that comfort circle and for other people that are very talented that could add a different perspective and something new. So, you know, we're going to hopefully push you little bit by little bit. And I think we have been, and I think we've seen it that we're getting more interesting. I mean, we could have two female directed films, uh, Oscar winners, female uh, films in a row. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's been some, and I think it comes down to, getting people to kind of get out of their comfort zone a little bit, but it just has to be done in a common sense way. I think, uh, do you agree, Morgan?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, when I worked corporate America, they would always do these town halls and they would talk about, we need to hire, you know, 30% women, we need 30% women engineers. And that's our goal. 30% women, 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 and me as a woman in the company was pretty offended by that because, not offended. I don't really get offended, but it was like, they were never ever discussing that. Hey, we want to hire the best. It was simply, we need to hire these women to fill a quota. And we're still not there. We got to get them in. Well, let's get those women in. And it was just like, okay, are we just going to pack a bunch of women who don't even meet the criteria? Because that then you can like check that off your box, off your list. And then off we go to something else. Like, I don't care about that. Like me as a, A company, you know, an employee and a shareholder in the company at the time, I more prefer that you hire the best person for the job, no matter, you know, any of that. And so it was just, it was just like time and time again that they mentioned that. And it just, like, I think you can get so zoned in on this one thing without like looking, taking a step back and being like, is this, what's our end goal? If your end goal is just 30% women, fine. And that's very much how it came off. Yeah, they didn't care yeah. about the quality. They didn't yeah. care about the merits. Yeah, um, well, and so. it, I mean,
0: it's hard because there's this huge group of all the same people that have the same qualifications that are all the best. Like, right. I mean, for the most part, and so you're you're having to find a way to kind of winnow it down, and and sometimes it can just feel so lip service that you're not actually like doing things to make things better in your, in, yeah. in a company or in an organization to make things better for women. Do you provide, you know, help with childcare? Do you, you, do you help, uh, I don't know, just yeah, a number a- of things like that. Like, do you, do you make it better or do you, are you just saying what people, yeah, as to a head? woman
2: who, you know, got my MBA, you know, climb the corporate ladder and specifically self-selected out so I could raise my children. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not uncommon that happens all the time. And to me, that's like a very natural part of society is that women want to raise the family or they typically do, Um, no matter how much people want to try to change that, um, women are going to kind of fall back to those roles because that's what they like. And, and, Mm. you know, even me, like I love working and my kids drive me crazy, but like, this is the most important thing that I can be doing right now. So like for me, when I go to corporate America and I don't see that gender equality as far as 50, 50, or even 30, whatever. Um, I never was offended by that because I understood like my own, my girls, like that's not everyone (laughs) is that way. Um, but there are a lot. And so that's kind of why the pool of women is smaller and it, and you know, yeah, it, it, there's I was, a whole I I could totally like- go off on that and another day, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I feel like for that reason, women make different choices that don't necessarily align with the career aspirations of men, or they do, but there's a 10 year break in the middle, which most likely is going to be what happens to me, right? Yeah, um, you know, and you're starting at a different place. Is that what? bad? No, but I, I'm now outside of the workforce for 10 years. Why on earth would I expect that I come back in? And get the same pay level as someone who has been working, you know, 20 years in the field instead of my 10 that I previous, you know, that I had up to that point, you know?
0: Yeah. And that would be true support of women. If we actually supported women in all of their choices, whether someone chooses to not have children, someone chooses to, you know, or is, you know, single is, is a working, working mother, all it's, that's when you would really truly Mm -hmm, be mm -hmm. supporting women is if we made, accessibility for women in all of their choices. Yep. Uh,
2: But what are you saying? Like, this is the only way.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's just like looking at we three, like we are all have gone out and we, we decided that we wanted to do something and we had, you know, something in us gave us the confidence to go out and do it. And I think that that's probably the most important thing is instead of focusing on, I, I think empowering and the giving confidence to to the to women and to just individuals to start something is just the biggest thing. And instead of like, I don't know exactly how to say it, but I, I feel like we at looking at in each three of us individually and collectively. Like we all decided what we wanted to do and we did it. And that is enough to be excited about and to be like, to cheer people on, to, to know where you are, where you want to go and be able to have the, um, to not look at like trying to get a horizontal view or a horizontal acceptance of what do, what do everybody else think I can, I'm capable of doing instead, I'm just going to do it and figure out based on where I see myself and move forward with that. Um, so I think that that's also a a key thing to look in and to celebrate.
0: Morgan, what would be an unpopular opinion that you thought of
2: that, um, John Lasseter doesn't really, you know, deserve all the hate that he gets from this point (laughs) on, you know, there's a lot of people after he was hired at skydance that, you know, actions have consequences. I can't believe they're doing this to their employees. And yes, actions do have consequences. And the consequence for John Lasseter is that he was removed from the company that he started. He founded and was just directed executive Bruce was just so instrumental for so many years. Um, yes, his behavior obviously was not the best. And there were no, um, you know, there, there were no civil, you know, courts and it didn't, didn't go that way, but that's not to say it didn't happen. Um, however, I, I think that we know John Lasseter now, and, and I really believe in forgiveness and change. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't in society right now. Um, that if you have one thing that you've done, that's horrible, that's against what, you know, what you're supposed to do, whether it's a small little thing or a big little thing, right. Um, that you you're to be shunned from society. And we are never to hear from you again. You're never to be able to do anything with your life. And I absolutely disagree with that. I think, I think he uh, very much paid the consequence. Like we said, he lost his job, uh, lost a lot of of power. (laughs) Clearly he was head of both studios. Um, And, and now has had to go and do something different with his life. And why should he not be able to move forward? He, his passion is animation. He's a incredible storyteller why can he not go off to this new studio and, and go and do that or form his own new studio um obviously you know i think the problems that he had at pixar one would hope would never happen again um and so let's let the man move on
0: yeah I, I i think i that... don't
2: feel like anyone really agrees with me on that <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is definitely
2: an unpopular opinion i'll give you that
0: but uh, i do think if there had been more problems i definitely think we would have heard about it by mm-hmm. now yeah i it, it, but uh, but yeah, I I do think that sometimes we you know jump on those bandwagons and uh, and we hopefully should you know give people a uh, a chance to move on with their life and 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 reform, especially if they paid their debt to society. Uh, then you know that's what we that's what we ask. Right. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I and also it's so I think it's really dumb to punish a film for a producer. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many people involved with mm-hmm. the writing and animation and voice acting and, you know, just a million things. Or even so, people who
2: go back and look at, uh, you know, the old like toy story films, like, Oh, I can't watch it. Anymore. Oh yeah. It's like, yeah, ridiculous. okay, you we need to separate the, the person, the creator from the actual final piece of art, I agree, which can be hard to do, but, um, yeah, you know,
0: well, let's talk real quick about something that we're proud of that we have created. I always like kind of ending on that note. Um, and this can be a article. It could be a, a podcast episode. Um, just something that you made that you think was pretty good. What What do you think, Chelsea?
1: Can I say you? Oh. <laughs> you can made I, can I claim that? <laughs> Oh my God. That's really sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Like I am. I'm, I look at those things and I, I, what I said earlier was like, it was completely true. I've seen so many people have come to us uh, after doing the podcast for so long, saying that we inspired them to do something and we inspire them to create something and on whatever level that happens to be. And I just, I think that that's probably one of the things that I'm most proud of is, is being able to see kind of the ripple effects of just something that was, it really was just a fun thing. Like it wasn't something that we had grand hopes of like huge things in our lives. I mean, there's, you you hope for things, but you don't like think that I'm going to have, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a a gazillionaire because I I do a podcast about animated movies, you know, (laughs) like, it's just not something I expect. Um, but to be able to see the, the individual lives, like there's been people within, um, the writing that haven't gone in and gotten jobs, for an animated film, not just in, at animated companies. And um, there's been just a lot of people have come back and said, hey, I started this because you guys, and I just, I get so much satisfaction out of that. Um, so yeah, that I also am in the middle of finishing up an EP that I've done of, of different like love songs that I write. So I, I write songs for people who like are doing um, anim- for their uh, anniversaries uh, weddings, birthdays, things like that. And I interview the person and then I write a song about it and give it to them. And then, uh, at the end of a certain amount of time, then I put it all on Spotify. So I'm about to finish my first EP of doing this. Um, and it'll be available in the next little bit. So that's also something I'm very proud of for, as far as like my own singular, uh, creations. That's
0: great. Oh, well that you're very sweet. And that is a great answer. I approve. Um, so, Morgan, what about you? And you don't have to say me.
2: Mine is uh really mine's really frivolous, but I watched all of the Swan Princess movies. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was a good one. Yes.
2: And I made a YouTube video about it. I'll put it in the chat so you can share it. But um I thought that was a, a fantastic YouTube video that I made, and it still makes me laugh to this day. It's about 30 minutes long because I go through each movie, and um, I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> it was, great. was
0: a really good one. I, I really enjoyed it too. <laughs> I'm like, what else can we make with Morgan watch? <laughs> <Right. Terrible> franchises. <laughs> you do all the Ice Age movies or something like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, if you want to torture me yes <laughs> i still remember
0: the episode you guys did where you ended up reviewing bambi instead of ice age five i think it was and I, I i i think i said it at the time but i i wish there was that choice before every movie be like do we want to watch this movie or watch bambi instead <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that would be, great, That's great. Awesome. <laughs> That'd be a great choice I'd choose it most times um anyway yeah so uh one thing I thought of is we have this thing that we do at Hallmarkies called the Hallmarkies Podcast Awards we do every year and it's just our little you know thing that we do where we give like you know best Hallmark movie best mm-hmm. Christmas Hallmark movie best and I'm always just amazed at how much it means to these people that end up winning. Cause it's Aww. just like our little podcast awards. Yeah. But they, they're, they they work so hard making these movies and they have to make them so fast and they're yeah. really demanding and they never get, they, they usually only get flack, you know, people saying they're terrible and oh, yeah. whatever. And, right. and so for somebody to be like, I'm not, I not only enjoyed your film, but we're, but we've all voted and you win an award and see how much it means <laughs> to these people to them makes me feel really good. And it was a lot of work because we had to coordinate all the acceptance speeches and all the presentations and, and everything. And then I had to edit it all together. Wow. It was a lot of work, but I was really proud of it. And I think it turned out great. Oh, wow. And so that's one recently.
1: Woo! Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah. that's And I can totally see how they would just be so like, tickled.
2: (laughs) They love me. They really love me.
1: (laughs) Right. I mean, these are not, I mean, people do end up posting stuff, but it's like um, also, I mean, like on a macro point of view, I, I see that it's like you've created this like platform that, you know, you could take that and make it a bigger thing every year. And so now every Hallmark movie knows that you're going to be Uh, you know, they're going to be up for your award, you know, and it's like, and the thing that they will then like put that on some type of something somewhere, as far as like, I have clout because Rachel Wagner and the Hallmark podcast said that I have clout. Like, (laughs) I think that's cool.
0: The campaigning is going to get rough. (laughs) Right. So there we go. That's what I, when I thought of, but thank you both so much for coming on and talking with uh, me and coming on the panel. I really appreciate it. And I know people will be very interested in all the things that you had to say. And if you are listening and you haven't checked out Rotoscopers, definitely check it out. It's a great podcast. It's a a lot of fun and they have great nerdy couch discussions and they're always honest and about their feelings. And uh, so I really appreciate it and, uh, check out the website as well. Uh, they have a lot of great, uh, not, not just myself, but they have lots of great articles and interviews and fun stuff on the website. So, uh, where can people reach you, Chelsea, if they, if they want to social media, all the fun stuff.
1: Um, I'm mostly active on Instagram. Uh, I don't do a lot elsewhere. Um, but I've yeah. Check out Instagram, Chelsea Robson. Great. And Morgan.
2: I'm Morgan Stradling on Instagram, and I'm also on YouTube, Morgan Stradling. Uh, Previously, I've been teaching about how to start a YouTube channel, how to grow your business using YouTube, might be switching it up a little bit in the future. Um, So just follow me there for more fun updates in my life.
0: Yeah. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews. all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And also make sure you're following the Homeworkies podcast. You will really enjoy all the interviews and other content we have over there. And uh, if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your five-star reviews. We sure appreciate it. And if you are watching on YouTube, please video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have the Patreon group and merch store where you can get hashtag animation junkie shirts. So take a look at that. And thanks so much to both of you. And we'll talk again soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.